Hey, sci-fi fans. This is Sean Ashmore from the X-Men films. You may know me as Bobby Drake, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversation. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. I'm Casey Ravensburger. I'm Dave Sellers. And tonight, we have a fantastic show for you tonight. It's good to be back in the studio with you guys. It's been about three weeks, I think. Because last week we were supposed to do it, my computer decided it didn't want to play nice anymore. And uh, now one week later, a new computer later, we are ready to go here and uh, set to set to roll. We are dependent upon your computer. Yes, yes. Well, you know, you kind of need it, at least if you want to include Dave in it. We wouldn't have to. I mean, you know, we could like oust Dave from the... No, I'm just kidding. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Dave, um, you're giving me a break from Scott. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. You mean the, 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 the verbal abuse that yes. I, apparently that I heap on people? Mm-hmm. It's all out of love. You just need to know that. It's the most loving heaping of abuse. It's tough love, though. <laughs> it's tough love. Uh, it's good to be with a psychologist in the show because I'm sure she'll analyze that. We'll talk mm. later. So, <laughs> yeah, Interesting. Yeah, so uh, how do you really feel about Miles and Dave? Tell me about When I was a baby (laughs) in my mother's womb. No, all right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Actually, Miles typed in here that he has a pre show. Are we going to read this bumper? I thought it said peep show. That would have totally changed the diner tonight. And the rating. And now I have more things to add to (laughs) what we're saying on the Right, right. A later podcast. So, uh, what's this about you and peep shows? (laughs) Does your wife know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Moving right along. Tonight, though, what we really want to talk about is we want to begin to talk about. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in our world, but really, um, we want to talk Captain Marvel. I mean, a huge thing these past couple weekends that coming out, and along with it, the Avengers Endgame trailer that just dropped about a week ago, maybe not quite, um, at least from when we're recording this, and then we'll go into and talk a little bit about the Dark Phoenix trailer, and then we're going to be sharing with you uh, the interview we did with Iceman, who is- Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore, one of the Ashmore twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of us encountered him in Warehouse 13 and then also in uh, Fringe. Well, he, we encountered his twin brother on Warehouse 13. Uh, and then, uh, but they were both in an episode of Fringe. That is true, the yes. Same. So that mm-hmm. was, uh, that's probably, uh, well, yeah, I get it mixed up all the time. And people do all the time anyways. And he kind of talks about that, I think. They look, when they, when they, when you say, when you say they look exactly alike, I mean, they really do look exactly they, they, like. They, they, they really do. Yeah. Well, they really do. I mean, they are twins. They are, and they're identical. Unless, unless they're not actually. They're, they're identical twins. They're identical. They're yeah. not. No, no, maybe they're clones. Okay. They're clones. Okay. Genetic engineering at its finest. 
Excellent. Didn't we just do a uh, a podcast review of the last Star Trek movie? Wasn't there a clone in yeah. that one? Yeah. There was. Yeah. Yep. He wasn't identical though. It's it's a it's a theme going on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's a theme. Excellent. Them cloners. <laughs> All right. Um so so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, why don't we move into our sci-fi world? And uh, first on the list is Chrissy. Do you want to? Do you want to start us off talk, talk, talking about what's going on in science fiction for you? Well, let's see. I'm gearing up for Zenkai Khan. I can never. Yeah, that, Zenkai Khan. You're going to huh. be representing yo. Yes. See Thug Life here at <laughs> yes. Ten uh, here at Sci-Fi Diner. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> My real Thug Life roots, yo. Because um, when you're real thug, you go to a diner. Just saying. <laughs> That's like there's nothing more thug than a diner or a uh, anime con. Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. Anime, like and... anime mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if we were doing Death Note, then maybe. Um, that's not really Thug, though. Do you think it's Thug? <laughs> he's like murdering. Well, he's, yeah, I guess he's murdering the Thug life. It's so, yeah, not really. Murder. I mean, anyways, that's another All podcast right. entirely. All right. um, I'm also going to be interviewing um, for for a space opera. So that's going to be fun, and hopefully, it will go well with the recording equipment so that I'll be able to share that with all of you. Um, and the other thing I've been doing, it's not really science fiction, but I've been diving into deep ancient archaeology. So that's kind of what's going on in my geek world. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's really cool. Uh, you were talking about the Egyptian pyramids and metaphys- metaphysics or something. Okay. So first I had a discussion <laughs> on metaphysics this weekend and whether or not there's any scientific volition to the collective unconscious and looking at actually some studies done with mice. So that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was um, reviewing things with the pyramids, how it, how a lot of them are lined up with, I think it's the Cygnus constellation and um, some of the older civilizations prior to that and how they kind of all connect back Mm. even into like some cave paintings and then of course then i was trying to explore further and then we got into like some real fringy sciencey stuff (laughs) and people just having crazy theories about you know things being two hundred thousand years old i'm like no guys no (laughs) but good try yeah it was nice nice so you know well, I'm really excited that you're stepping out and doing some interviews here, not only by yourself for this weekend at ZenkaiCon, but also just some Skyping and trying trying it. That's yeah, great. Yeah, that, that will be fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to get those uh, guys in and to kind of help promote them a little bit. Yes, I'm so, excited for that. That's going to be a very, very, very cool. So I appreciate you doing that. Mm-hmm. Dave, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? Oh, well, we saw Captain Marvel, which we'll be discussing here shortly. Um Discovery is still still uh, keeping my interest. I'm starting to have a few little issues that I'm going to want to nitpick about it at some <gasps> point, but it's 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 really really good still. Right, um, I can't wait to hear those nitpicks. <laughs> he could section thirty one. Okay, section thirty one is my nitpick, mm-hmm. and the way they are utilizing them as a branch of Starfleet. I, it kind of ruins the mystique and the uh, the whole thing that they when they set it up before. Mm. You know, I have using a theory. Starfleet though. ships. Uh, Miles, yeah, you, have, you have a theory? Uh, yeah, I mean, in Discovery, they're kind of a little more out in the open. But I think with what happened in the last episode, I think something's. I think certain events going to force them in the shadows and then be more. Definitely more black ops, more secretive because of what happened we're seeing in Discovery right now. 
I'm, I'm hoping because it's uh, as fun as it is, it's starting to play a little thin with me on it. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking of awesome Trek, Orville is still tearing up my screen. I was actually really sad when they didn't have a new episode this past week, um, especially the uh, the two parter that was on a couple weeks ago. That was very enjoyable. Oh my gosh, wasn't it though? That mm-hmm. was just great. Um. Outside of that, I was watching uh, Project Blue Book that uh, Miles, you recommended. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a couple episodes behind yet still, but it's it's pretty good. That's what I got, you got to sit and really pay attention to. Uh, in the middle of that, I'm re-watching SG-1 while I'm playing Star Wars The Old Republic. And uh, just today pre-ordered uh, the audiobook for Thrawn Treason. Coming out in July, I believe. Yeah, so I have a few months to pre-order that. That'll be on my list yeah. eventually. So, very good. So that that's is at. that. That's your uh, geek world right now. That's it. That's right. Very good, Miles. How about you? Uh, I I have uh, seen Captain Marvel, which we'll be talking about in a little while. Um, but I've been watching some other movies. Uh, I, I caught Jurassic World: Lost Kingdom. Uh, you know, if you just want to see dinosaurs um, getting mistreated and then getting back on their captors. This is a good movie for that. Uh, and, and just seeing humanity make bad decisions in bringing back humanity down. never does that. No, that's why you, you, you save it for the movies. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But uh, some good Jeff Goldblum in that movie. It's too bad. He wasn't, he was, he was, he wasn't in as long. He was like testifying in something and, we heard him in the beginning and we heard him at the end. I was, I was like, but he, he, he was the worst he gets is good. And so, um, that was enjoyable for what it was. Classic uh, Jeff Goldblum, right? Yes. Uh, this is a little older movie. It's about 10 years old now. Uh, Deja Vu, um, with, um, oh, the, um, the African, the popular African American actor, um, um, Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. Yeah. So that was a time. And Val Kilmer was in it. Uh, Movie had had uh, time travel involved in that right. one, so that was that was fun. Um, Where they go back like thirty minutes or something like that, thirty seconds or that one they go back, uh, like a, like a couple days. Well, what they could do is they have a machine that can a satellite that can look back like twenty four hours or so into the past, uh, but then they find a way to use it to actually send a human being to the past to try to stop this uh, terrorist attack. Right, right. That's what I remember of it. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while. That was, that was a good movie. Uh, watched The Umbrella Factory on uh, Netflix. That was really good. Uh, watched, uh, there's a show called Glitch on Netflix um, about these people that come back from the dead and just the mystery of how did they come back from the dead and what they're doing and um, there's an interesting story of a guy who was who had been dead for over 100 years, and he's trying to make things right for his family that are that you know his 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 descendants. Mm. I'm enjoying Star Trek Discovery. Uh, I, I like I said, I think because of what happened, particularly in the last episode, there's got you know there's got to be some things that either going to force Section 31 to either exist outside of Starfleet and kind of exist really in the shadows. And there's a couple of things that happened in the last episode. I think that will change how Starfleet does things. I'm enjoying the Orville. 
I, I thought what they did with the Kalon was, was brilliant. You think they're going to make make Pete, you know, sign a treaty with the Kalon to have help them defend against uh, uh, the Krill? And it's um, I'm going to spoil it. Uh, the the Kaline turn, turn against uh, the uh, the Union, and so the Union and the Krill have to team up together because the Kaline's a threat to both of them. That was a good twist. I didn't see that coming. In the anime, I'm enjoying Space Battleship Yamato. Uh, the CW superhero shows Flash, Black Lightning, Supergirl. I'm also enjo- enjoying uh, Project Blue Book, and I'm reading a novel by uh, Douglas Phillips called uh, Quantum Space. Very good, very good. Well, it sounds like your sci-fi world's pretty rich here. Very full. I just saw news that Supergirl is at risk of being canceled because of the low ratings it's been getting. There's pretty low ratings this season, apparently. Oh, okay. And, you know. Yeah, I, I, I could. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not that I've been watching it. Mm-hmm. So so you've been contributing to its death. Exactly. It's my fault. It's dying. <laughs> of course you know, it's your fault, Scott. <laughs> it's my fault. Everything's my fault. So at least at least, at least, least Star Wars isn't talking about bringing the Ewoks back. Do you see that? They're, making, they're, looking at, they're looking at Courtney with Disney to make an Ewoks series. Scott, that's just crazy talk. That's great. Death teddy bears. Yeah, death teddy bears is going to be I great. Mean, Did I you see I, that, Dave? It just came down <laughs> through the pike today, I thought. No, thank God. No, no. In fact, one of the things we're talking about doing is that after we're done with the Star Trek movies is maybe reviewing like Ewoks to Endor. I watched oh, that please. as a child. It, please. It, yes, 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 it is. I mean, I, I don't. and you thought you didn't like the the first Star Trek, I mean, Sir Abrams movie. Guess what? <laughs> we're going to top that, oh. Dave. Top it for you. Challenge accepted. Boom. Jar Jar Binks is looking pretty good right now. No. (laughs) You know, when we saw Ewoks Endor, we should have all just known that we just needed to stop with the original series. We should have just been like, nope, nope, that's it. That's all we need. We're good. Although although the holiday special still looks worse than Ewoks for Endor. I mean, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing the holiday special has is Jefferson Airplane. That's it. And Boba Fett. And Boba Fett. Exactly. We got our first Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Bring you, it on. How do you get a Wookiee for Christmas? B. R. He has a comb. Uh, you haven't lived to hear uh, B. Arthur, uh, do, you know, singing the bar. That's right. Mm-hmm. I guess I that's, haven't lived yet. There you go. You haven't. <laughs> you haven't. Um, so my sci-fi world. Uh, so I've been actually, as far as what I've been watching, I watched, just finished the first two seasons of The Dragon Prince, which is an anime that's on Netflix. Oh. And my son and I really loved it. Fa- uh, written by the same people that did, did, did uh, if I can speak here, that did The Last Airbender. And oh. um, it is the story, a little bit kiddish, but phenomenally told. Like every episode ends with a cliffhanger that makes you said, got to watch the next episode, you know? And that was kind of like, my son would be that way. I'm like, buddy, we have to go to bed. He'd be like, you know, because he was just so into it and it's good. And so now we got to wait, you know, I think they're releasing it every three or six months. So we have to wait another six months. I keep seeing it on my Netflix pop-up. And and I was like, I don't know. It's good. It's good. It's uh, it's more fantasy based, but so that's what I've been I've been watching that, um, um, getting ready. James S. A. Corey has a book that's dropping. I'm gonna be reading that when it when it drops here in a, about a week, I guess, or maybe it dropped and I just haven't checked it out yet. Uh, what else am I doing? So other than that, uh, geeky wise, um, I'm 
trying to think if there's anything else that I watch. Watch Christopher Robin. I mean, the Winnie the Pooh story. You know, with with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was and it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other uh, the only other thing I'm doing is I'm playing a lot of League of Legends right now, so I'm really enjoying League of Legends. But that's more you know game best. And as always, I think I may have shared it in the last podcast, but I was just telling Miles that I'm now officially the esports coach for my high school. So bring it on. Cool. Bring it on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's going to be interesting being an esports coach when they're in the middle of construction. So, <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah. bad. League of Legends is a fun game. It is. I, I mean, I've been enjoying it. Kiefer's been enjoying it. I know you said there's a lot of trolls, but we haven't hit them yet. So, yeah. Well, just. Stay away from But we, we, we aren't we aren't actually running through the rank system. We're doing five on five, but it's not ranking us. So we aren't yeah. in the rank system yet. So maybe maybe that's it. But you still doing Lord of the Rings online? Uh a little bit. A little bit. What I like about League though is, you know, 20, 30 minutes you do a game and you're done. You don't have to like mm-hmm. you, you either win or you don't. It all happens in the course of a pretty short time. Whereas when you're in Lord of the Rings, you're in the middle of a quest, you're like, well, this quest is going to take me an hour and a half to finish. You know, yeah. like, although my League games when I first started would last about 45 minutes to an hour. So and it depends. Mean, it depends on the group you're playing with. And if you're playing with a team, I think also makes a difference. That is like, true. Like right now, we're in solo queue. You, you, know, you kind of queue up, and I'm queuing up with Kiefer, and you know, we just look for three other players that want to join us, and we go do it. Yeah. So it's a little bit different that way, but. Anyway, so having we're having some fun from that end of things, and uh, just fired up. The only other thing I'm doing geeky is I'm still doing the Orbital Sword podcast. We're reading some pi- Sea of Thieves, which I guess is a video game, hmm. um, pirate video game. We're reading uh, like a book spinoff, you know, like they did with like World of Warcraft and all those things. Yeah. This is one of those things, and there's no audio book for it, so I'm really depressed because I actually have to physically read a book now. Uh, um, what kind of English? I know, right? <laughs> right. Um, I think, honestly, I've been thinking about, I think part of my issue with reading books and papers is that my eyes get tired real quick mm. because my eyes are um, failing me. <laughs> no, no, I just, it, my eyes, club. my eyes tire and I do have glasses, but you know, it's a lot easier just to listen and get engaged. I get lost in the story. I love stories being told to me. There's something about that. Mm. Um, so That's I'm doing awesome. that. And also we just began, we just fired up the new, uh, the, an old podcast called the Dune Saga podcast. We just fired that back up and, uh, we have a new Dune movie coming out in uh, 2020 in November, and so excited about that. So Jason Momoa is in it, and um, and uh, Dave Bautista and a ton of other people. Poe Dameron, not his real name, but I mean, but they're all in it. There's a huge cast. Cool. No, that is now his official name. Yeah, it is Poe Dameron. <laughs> well, that's that's I was talking. We were joke, we joked about it on the show before. We're like, when I see actors, I'm like, wherever you saw them first, that becomes their name. Yeah. Like 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 oh look. Mal's doing rookie. Great. You know, <laughs> something like that. There's a, a Netflix movie called uh, triple frontier. And I saw that. That looked kind of interesting. Poe, Poe Dameron. And um, <laughs> I forget the actor. He, he, uh, his character's name, Ben Affleck's in it. Batman, Batman's, Batman's in it. Too. In it. Batman. Well, yeah. so, so there's a sci-fi presence, but, uh, he was, he was that in sounds a, like a really good movie. Poe Dameron and, and Batman. Batman. <laughs> Bring it on. I would watch that. Well, you also have the guy from rogue one. Um, Poe Dameron. Not Poe. No. Oh, not, no, not Poe Dameron. He, he was, wasn't, he was a rogue one. The, the guy, he was alive though. One of the, one Cassian? Of the, Cassian. I think that, that's it. Yeah. He's in, he's in rogue one, yeah. but he's, he's in this movie with these guys. And, uh, 
Triple Frontier. Oh, fantastic. I saw the advertisement for it. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one I was watching is the girl that did uh, the Resident Evil movies has a new movie out. Um, Mila Jovovich? Yeah, so she's in a new movie where her husband is supposedly crashes in a plane, but then suddenly crops up in video like a half year later. And she's in pursuit of him and trying to figure out what's going on. There's this whole mystery and intrigue. Mm. We watched the first episode, but I watched it because I kept thinking, it's the Umbrella Academy. Bring it. You know, not Umbrella Academy, the Umbrella what Umbrella Corp that they have in that one. But anyways, we are so far to real. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that's our sci-fi world. And uh, But as you mentioned, especially uh, Miles and Dave, you guys had a chance to go see – Captain Marvel. Yes. And we would love, Chrissy and I haven't seen it, but we're okay with you spoiling it. I'm going to see it this weekend anyways. And I've read a lot about it, so I know a little bit about it, so you won't be spoiling too much. Um, tell me about this movie. And I don't care which one he wants to go first. Dave. I've had it, Miles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm not starting from a good place. I'll warn you. It can only go up when Dave talks. Okay. So. All right, buddy. Maybe Dave could build it back up. Yeah, um, that's right. So I saw it this past Sunday. There are things in this film I liked, but I, I got to say, I, I was kind of whelmed by Brie Larson's performance. Um, mm. I, she just didn't do it for me. There, there's a. There, her. her Superior officer slash coach uh, Jude Law keeps saying you, you you get too emotional and this is and that's why you can't you know excel. She hardly showed any emotion throughout the whole film. I don't, what what emotion? I wish she did show a little emotion. It just I I, I just didn't buy it. Uh, I, and and you know they're trying to show that she, you know she she had to keep trying to overcome stereotypes as far as a girl playing sports. A young woman getting in the air force, and there's just no fire in this woman's belly. I just don't see it. It's just, uh, and it's not because I'm hating on it because it's a the woman. There's a woman that that's leading this movie. I I I don't care. Just tell me a good story. I I loved Wonder Woman, and and, yeah, I I mean Gal 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 was fantastic. I you know I I I bought it. I I she I was she resonated with me. I you know. Uh, Breed Larson just didn't do it for me in this movie. Do you think that was a? It, it, do you think that's a fault of the actor of or of direction and script? In your that, opinion, that, I don't. That that that's a good question. I, I, if if the director told her not to emote as much, or because the other actors in this movie were, were, were I mean, Samuel Jackson, the worst he gets is good. He, he, he's, <laughs> well, it's also yeah. Samuel Jackson. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, uh, age, um, um, Agent Coulson. You know, it was it was in a few scenes. That, you know, this was a, he, he was called the rook. You know, they called him Rook for rookie. Uh, he, he he. You know, he wasn't in long. Um, the actor who played in, in Rogue One, um, he was the Imperial uh, officer who wore a cape. Uh, uh, he he played one um, of oh, the enemy. Krennic. Uh, yeah, director Krennic, um, but he played one of the um, these alien called the Scrolls, and he also they're shapeshifters, so he also looked like the 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 director for Shield at the time. I I, I liked him in this movie. Um, 
just Brie Larson just did, just didn't do it for me. Is it possible that she was just exhausted? Because I was like reading about her um, workout regime, and I was like, you know, I'd be pretty tired. You know what? D- it's possible maybe they overworked her. I, I haven't seen her. I don't think I've seen her in other films. So I don't know whether she's. Yeah, I can't say I've seen her in other films or like this so, is the way she typically portrays characters yeah, or I not. Don't know. I, I don't have that to compare it with. I have. Yeah. Did you? And? Go ahead. It, it's been the same underwhelming, unemotional type performance that I can always recall. In in other things I've seen her in. So you so it, it, in your opinion, this is more of a Brie Larson type thing. Yeah, it, it's she, she. As bad as it sounds, she reminds me of Kristen Stewart a lot. In the Ooh. just, oh yeah, play thing. I mean, not not as bad, but the Twilight it, it's, movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You actually saw those. Uh, Miles it's, watch. It's, My, Miles yeah. owns all three. Oh, no, no, I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, no, but there's a funny Beavis and Butthead where they spoof the uh, the, the, the Twilight movies. Good <laughs> save. Right. Yeah, okay, good. Wait, wait to geek you back up there. Thank you. Nice thank save. You. Nice. After I like rip you and then you're like, oh, yeah. But it's lots lots of eye winks from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, well, that, you know, it's, it's interesting. Did you feel that the plot, the story itself, like I, one of the things that I heard about the movie is that it, it fills in some gaps in the past that we didn't know, but maybe heard rumored about. Um, we got a little more information about Shield and maybe how, maybe possibly they were able to get uh, acquire some technology. We see them have some high technology when we, when we see them in the um, in the later films. Something's weird in my ear headphones. Okay, now we're, we're good. Um, as, as far when as Dave coughed, when Dave coughed, it just blew the uh, jack oh. out. So, ah, Dave, just kidding. You got powerful cough, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. And, he, and he's not even in the room. <laughs> I know. That's what's amazing about it. I know. Oh, wow. Telekinesis. <laughs> um, did did this fill in? I mean, you, you kind of see uh, Agent Fury get get inspirations. Because we, they they had to deal with this alien attack that they they have to prepare for a future one, and so you, you see him on a computer, um, you know, start to uh, just take notes and, and just come up with an idea of something. Another thing I didn't like about the film how how, how Agent Fury lost his eye. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I heard complaints about that. The damn cat scratched his eye out. That's how he lost his eye. Come on, I mean that's that's a lame way to lose your eye. It's a, a giant little, little octopus funny. cat. I mean, you know, who knows what it had under its it, nails? It, it wasn't an octopus at the time, though. It was just, you know, uh, he just. Well, it's in the, there. The cat, the cat <laughs> just got tired of Fury. Do- I mean, Fury's a cat person. I, I understand. I'm a cat person too. But you know, the cat just got tired of him and just batted him with his, with with his paw. <laughs> and you know, he put takes his eye out. That's how Fury loses his eye. I mean, yeah. those cat claws, like your cat claws, are really, really gross. I mean, they're in the litter box. I mean. God only knows what kind of bacteria they have. You're right. I, I should have taken that into consideration. Uh, but <laughs> we I, had antibiotics in the nineties, even. I mean, come on. I mean, have you had cat scratch fever? Like it's not fun. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. And then if it's in your eye. Yeah, even actually, worse. I think I did read once about someone losing their eye because like their cat like licked it. See, it's totally, totally true. I'll look it up right now. Right. Uh, you should I'm, do that. Uh, Cats like, licking eyeballs. That's how Fury lost his eye. 
but but, but but Fury loses his eye because the cat. I, I just that's how you're gonna t- that's how you gonna tell that story. But was it the Sphinx? Because if it was the Sphinx. I might be impressed. It was this orange tab. Well, it was this orange tabby that also when it wanted could these these tentacles came out of it um, at certain times. Mm. Um, yes. I hate I hate tentacle. Okay, she didn't lose her eye. But she was left blind in one eye after she contracted an infection from her cat. Uh, evil. The the, the the this is the point that we have here on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Do not let your cat lick your eyes. Right? Yes, it's, it's quite simple. Or you will go blind. You risk losing your eyesight. Yes, it's like peeing in the pool. You will go blind. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. We, you heard it first here. NBC people. star graphic. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, I am dogging on this movie a lot. I don't want to dog it entirely. I, 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 I like positive sitting across from me. I like the fact that they, they, they went a little retro. They went back 20 some years ago in the 90s. That was it brought fun. back memories of Blockbuster. Come I know. On. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. fun. Some, some of the music was fun. I mean, they played, uh, we, we got some, uh, no doubt, uh, garbage the band. Um, did they play an Alanis Morissette song? It was a lot of it was a lot of female onks type music in there. I, so cranberries? Any cranberries? I don't remember if there's any cranberries uh, in there. But, but, but you know, you, 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 Chris, you probably would have. I mean, the nineties is when you were growing up, so I think yeah, you would you would appreciate it. It would just be a nostalgia for me. It would be a nostalgia trip for you. It yeah. really would. Mm-hmm. So they did that well, and that was a lot of fun. So it was enjoyable from that aspect. It tripped down memory lane. There was fun. There were things I did like about the movie. I, I, I liked the story with the. You think the the scrolls are, are the the bad people, the bad the, the bad guys, and you find out they're the victims in this. Um, which which I was wondering about the whole Kree because the Kree were in the Marvel universe were kind, were kind of an adversary and bad guys before. So I wasn't sure what was going on with the Kree in this movie. Um, that was kind of a good twist. Uh, I mean, the fight scenes, the battle scenes. I mean, always it's it's a it's a Disney Marvel movie, so it's going to be, you know, the the best it could possibly could be. You know? Right, right. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, regardless, there's obviously a lot of people that uh, are disagreeing with. Uh, I guess you tonight. Well, what you- what are we at? Seven seven hundred eighty million dollars in the first two weeks out. Oh yeah, it's it's making a ton of money, but it's also it's a very polarizing movie. I mean, you have people who who love it and people that don't love it as much. Well, yeah, and you seriously, I've been hearing both sides of it. That's why I'm very excited to hear. I mean, it's good to hear your reasonings, whether people agree with them or not. That mm-hmm. you know, this is. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying this is an. It's good to have a good female superhero movie out there. But again, I, I went in with uh, Wonder Woman remains the quintessential female superhero movie that you have, and we just haven't seen that from Marvel yet. So it sounds like Marvel hasn't quite hit their stride in producing movie like they did with Gal Gadot. So what we're learning is Marvel can do all the guy movies and DC has to do all the female Apparently. movies. Apparently. Although Jason Momoa and uh, Aquaman obviously begged to differ on that because 
That is well, totally. You know, with his long hair, he's a very effeminate man. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I don't know that. I don't know that you want to go around calling Jason Momoa feminine. Just no. saying, that may not be the. Uh, we will never get him on this podcast. Well, even, that's for sure. Well, well no, he knows I'm joking. Right, right. Big well, old heart. Black man even had a, a strong female character in the character of Mira. I mean, see, uh, see, uh, she she was not a damsel in, st- in distress as M has. She. Need assistance, but she wasn't a damsel in distress, and and oftentimes, you know, she was the one that was doing the rescuing and doing the kick, the butt kicking. So that's true. That's yeah. true. So yeah, DC. I mean, she was the lead in that movie, but well, she, I mean, Momo was the lead, but she had been the second. The second yeah, she had been the second lead. Yeah, yeah. So second lead. Mar- Marvel just hasn't figured out what to do with their right, women right, for right, right, right. Well, Dave, we want to hear your take on this movie, too. Uh, you had a chance to see it this weekend uh, with your wife, I understand. And uh, so yep. tell us a little bit about uh, the experience of going to see Captain Marvel. There's not much I can stray away from that hasn't already been said. Um, the story and, and, and the big twist in the story with the Kree um, was really well. I, I really well done. I, I, I liked it. Um, this is probably one of the first times where you'd actually ever hear me say this, but I would have almost rather that movie be two and a half hours long to expand in that middle stanza. When you find, when you get that twist, when they realize that, okay, these people, these, whatever the, whatever the name of those, that alien was, aren't Scrolls? attacking the krill or they're taking the Cree, but kind of the other way around to actually expand on that a little bit to, you know, build the suspense with it. till you get the big reveal. And then even then a better, a better choice of, of lead, you know, could have added a little bit more emotion to it and, you know, made, made that reveal a little bit, uh, a little bit more, a little better. But, I'm not a I'm not a movie maker or a professional uh, reviewer, but that's just for me. Other than that, though, I mean, it was it was an enjoyable movie. It really was. Um, the '90s music. We had, <laughs> we went to New Jersey to my niece's birthday party the next day, and my wife pulls the the uh, soundtrack up on on Spotify. And I, I just forgot how much I hated the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, seventies, eighties metal guy. And I forgot how much I hated nineties pop and grunge. I, oh, it, it, it was horrible for me, but again, stop by my room tomorrow, Dave, I'll be spinning Nirvana for you. I, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, we, we, we enjoyed the movie. Um, my wife enjoyed it. I think even more than I did. Mm. She was neglecting the one to go see it, but we've been talking about it for months and then we happen to have a weekend without the kid around. So like, look, we're going to see it and she enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. She enjoyed it a lot. Well, yeah, I think maybe this is the, uh, the other thing that we have to look at. It's easy to nitpick and tear apart a movie, but right. you were, you were entertained. You walked out and, yeah. and you, 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 you delved into this world, had a story told, and okay, yep. maybe there were some weaknesses in it, but you walked away entertained. And I mean, yep. 
it's worth the money that you spent on it then. That's it. And, and the digital de-aging stuff they did for Samuel L. Jackson. What you, would you tell me the other day? It was like Pulp Fiction come to life. Yeah. It's like watching him again in Pulp Fiction. I mean, yeah. he, just, he looked the same. It was great. Without the language. But you, yeah, without the language. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was funny seeing those earlier days of him in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. where the interaction between between he him and uh, and Larson and even him and Coulson, knowing what we've seen of, of Fury up to that point, it almost felt more buddy cop movie-ish in their – in their interaction. And it was, it was quite amusing. It was quite amusing to see the, the younger, softer side of fury before cat scratches his eye out. Right. right. Those cats, those darn cats. At least it, at least it wasn't licked. Yes. Yeah. But hey, uh, so I guess maybe the question I have for miles here is you walked away. Were you entertained? Um, <laughs> There's hesitation there. This, uh, is, this concerns me, Miles. <laughs> like I said, I, I, there are things in the film I enjoyed, but I, because I mean, Brie Larson played the lead, and I just, I, I she just didn't engage me. Uh, so, if you had to give it a grade, like, what would you give it? Uh, what like a? I was gonna, I was gonna, a, gonna a, B, a C. Yeah, I was gonna actually. Is this a film that one has to see in the theater? That would be the question. I well, have. yes, because if you're watch, if you're if you're following the whole story with the Avengers, there there there's some uh, Easter eggs at the end, the credits that you have to watch. So it ties it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but, the, so from that end, it needs to be watched. Yeah. If you're a continuationist and you want to follow the story, yes. If you're going to grade it like on a uh, out of five stars, I'd give it two and a half. Ooh, two Ooh. and a half. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. Dave. How about you? So, uh, is this a movie that one has to see in the theater? Is going to be worth Keith and I going to see it on Saturday? Yes, only because if you're, especially if you've watched everything up, like yeah. Just like Miles said, yeah. if you've watched everything up to this point and you plan on going seeing uh, Endgame, just for that sake alone, you, you want to see it. Okay. So you're not wondering how the heck Captain Marvel comes into Endgame. But I, I, I'd be a little, I'm a little more like generous a than Miles. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Dave. What's that? Go ahead, Dave. No, so I'm a little more generous than Miles. I'll give it. I'd give it three stars. Okay, but keep in mind too. I was also entertained by J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, so my standards are somewhat lower. Whoa, whoa, wow! The hate, the hate coming in to podcast. Not even about that movie. Way to go, Dave. We haven't even reviewed preemptive shot for the next one. Bam! He doesn't want to wait. He's calling shots now. (laughs) The nerd rage is so strong. Yeah. A day is a good day to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I guess as we're talking, you're mentioning the tie-in to Avengers Endgame, and we had a trailer drop just about a week ago, maybe a little yes. bit over a week ago. That was a, a little bit different of a trailer, a lot of black and white imagery going in, and someone was telling me, I don't know who it was, telling me that it felt like a, a kid put it together on iMovie. So, um, but let's, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if that's a fair sentiment, but we're going to play the trailer. Yeah, it- <laughs> We're going to play the trailer here, and then I'd like just to talk about it. And did we learn anything new? Any expectations you have about the movie based on this? What's missing that you still want to know? Just kind of a, in anticipation of the upcoming movie. So here is the uh, trailer here. 
God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. The world has changed. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. All these people die. I keep telling everybody they should move on. Some do, but not us. Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I'm excited to see it. All right. So what excites you about it? Well, I love they did a montage of all our heroes, um, where they got started. Uh, you know, we see Iron Man coming, you know, escaping out of the cave, making his first Iron Man suit. We see Captain America in the 1940s before he had the, the, the that serum and, what he did before. And so it, it was interesting them going back to the beginning. Thor and Odin. Yeah. For, and, um, but then also the reality of that half the, half of the, the, the universe's population has been eradicated and, uh, um, what they're going to do, uh, to try to solve it. I have no idea how they're going to try to fix this one. I, I, but they're all wearing these matching uniforms. Uh, Nebula from the Guardians of the Galaxy is walking with them in, in his matching uniform. It's like, oh, what's that all about? That's that, that's really cool. Uh, Rocket Raccoon is on uh, Iron Man's shoulder. Uh, that's fights. a great shot. That's a great shot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I just remember seeing the first one, and I just had to sit. To, I, I, I couldn't get up. I had to process what I saw for, for, for a minute. Yeah. And so this is this is part 2. I just you know. You know, one of the things that I feel about this trailer is we aren't getting any answers in this trailer. 
Which is a good thing. Which I, well, in many times, trailers give too much away. Yes. yes. And if this is the final trailer before Endgame was out here in a few weeks, this is, uh, you know, it's, it has me intrigued. And I really don't know what to expect. We People were talking about, like, the Time Turner and Doctor Strange. We Obviously, he's alive yet because we have a Doctor Strange 2 coming down the pike. But we don't see any of that stuff at this point. And we don't know, like, how Ant-Man got out of the quantum verse. Um, there's so many unanswered questions. And that's... Um, and that's what makes it a good trailer. Is because yeah. it peaks your interest. You're like, oh, all this stuff is going on. But it doesn't tell you what's like, going on. I thought you were going to fix it, you know? Yeah. Which, I mean, sometimes I don't like trailers that, like, don't tell you anything. And you're like, well, I don't even know what genre this movie is. But because it's... Marvel Avengers, we already know what's about. Like, you don't have to guess, like, oh, what is this a horror movie? Is this a romance? I don't know. It has some creepy music, so probably not a romance, but I've been surprised. So, like, this, it works for this kind of trailer. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I hear you. I think the thing that I like is, you know, this is Avengers Endgame. This is the last time that we're going to be seeing. The some of these characters, I don't think uh, uh, Chris Evans is coming back. I don't believe that Robert Down Robert Down Jr. is coming back. So the guy's been doing it for like ten years. Uh, plus, yeah. you know, and you look at that and saying they have spent a lot of their careers, at least not all. They've been doing other stuff, but predominantly it's been Marvel, right? And so you look at that and say, okay, uh, it is time for them to move on. Although he has aged well. He has. Like, If only I would age that well. You know, just, just be I done. Mean, a- that 10-year Facebook <laughs> challenge, he won. Yeah, he, he would definitely win. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it's just, um, I felt like this trailer threw us back to the beginning, but tied us into the present. Yes. And without us rehashing every single movie, it was enough to kind of draw us there for our major characters. Yeah. And it showed why we love this story in the first place. They show us, a little, you know, how they got started and how, you know, just, just how we fell in love with these characters. Do you know who's, uh, do you know who's missing from this trailer? Uh, who is missing from this trailer? Thanos. That is true. The, the baddie is missing. Thanos is not here. We see the evidence of him everywhere. We see his daughter, but that's it. We see what he did. We see he's people. on a beach sipping margaritas and having a great time. I thought he was up in the mountain somewhere off the his, his little Swiss chalet that he had. Well, I on. mean, maybe he occasionally visits the beach. I don't no, he know. might. He's, I don't. He's, yeah, he's I don't. relaxing. He's enjoying he is. himself. Yeah, he did what he set out to do, right? Um, so there's that. And the other question I have is, um, the chick that Hawkeye's training. That do we know anything about that? I heard rumors, but I didn't. I didn't follow it up. I forget. But I don't know anything about that. I, I I know he has kids. I was wondering if maybe that's his daughter. That, but maybe yeah, that's, is that daughter? That's what I was thinking because he goes full Ronin in this movie by every from every look of it all. I'm betting his wife and kids have died in this in the Thanos rapture, whatever you want to call it, and. He is just going nuts, like he did in the comics when he he changed. He went from Hawkeye to to Ronan, and just turned into a total badass. And 
I think he's looking to extract some kind of revenge. Yeah. So here I just did a real quick internet search because it's on the internet. This has to be true. Um, but yes. <laughs> it just says we've seen in this trailer, he's taken on his Ronan identity from the comics, uh, a very dark turn for Clint, um, which uh, in all likelihood Thanos dusted his entire family who we were first introduced. The girl in the trailer it would seem this is a flashback to before Thanos finger snap. So this could be Kate Bishop, who we talk about more in a second. I don't know who Kate Bishop is. Um, um, Marvel fans are going to be crucifying me for that. But um, but this Kate Bishop apparently was someone that Hawkeye was mentoring uh, before Thanos executed his goal. And she will eventually take over for Clint in the MCU. Uh, be it because he doesn't make add out of this next movie alive or because he decides to retire after fixing the universe. Two, it could be Leela Barton that takes up her father's mantle and essentially becomes the MCU's version of Kate Bishop. Either way, it seems as though we're going to get a new Hawkeye down the line. So part of what might be happening is they're prepping for the next phase of the MCU after Avengers Endgame. That would make mm -hmm. sense. And that would make sense. That, that doesn't make sense because you have a lot of people who are going to be like, you know, retiring from that Oh yeah, doing it. And uh, but it's Captain, still lucrative. So. Yeah, I mean, and I think Captain Marvel's also part of that because Captain Marvel signed on for a seven movie deal. I think. Oh wow, I think I saw that. Oh so, goodness gracious! So <laughs> you're going to be getting more Brie, that's for sure. Hope she gets better. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Just, just emote a little bit more. I'm not telling you to Demote. smile, girl, because yeah. I know we women yes. don't like that. But you know, maybe just a little emote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, that's my thoughts on that. Um, any other comments on this trailer before we move on? What are the odds on who's making it out alive? I think uh, so. So who? So you're saying who are the major characters are we going to lose? Yeah, probably Iron Man because uh, he's uh, he's gonna be done. I don't know that we're going to lose. Well, I don't know. I don't know they'll die. I think oh, we'll come go on, Blaze of Glory. Uh, That'd be good. <laughs> if if Chris Evans says he's done, I could see him. I think Captain America uh, the will die. Um, well, that would be a good story arc for him. It would. Well, for both of them, wouldn't it? Two Think guys of both. who were just battling in a couple yeah, movies but, ago against but each then, other. But then, then um, oh, we kindled the bromance. Yeah, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow will be like left without her. Love. Well, I heard she was done with also. Yeah. Oh, maybe they, in one of the maybe they movies, just like right? ride off into the sunset. He finds somewhere. himself like a planet, and he's just you know we're just gonna hang out here. Yeah, right here, right here. Right here. <laughs> Yeah, Loki. They need to bring Loki back. Oh yes. Yeah. So. What? Oh. I'm still convinced the time turner somewhere in here. Yeah. Okay, is the time turner a, a thing in in the Marvel? You know? I'm sorry. Did it? Is that is that is that is that a Harry Potter reference? Is that what they call the time turner? I didn't read Harry I Potter. You can't. Time of so Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, whatever they call that thing. I always call it the time turner. It's probably wrong, but probably. Yeah. Okay, so Doctor Strange is. Time stone thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that um, so somewhere that comes into play, mm -hmm. and we know that unless or unless the story we're getting of Spider Man is a prequel, that Spider Man's not dead either. So somewhere he's playing, and we didn't see him in any of these trailers. Mm -hmm. No, I, I I I think what they do will be bringing yeah. bring a lot of people back. Yeah, somewhere in there they aren't telling us that there. I, I don't think they're going to leave things. Yeah, we, uh, Thanos was successful in eradicating. Half of all life in the universe, but we'll see if it stays dead. Mm -hmm. Did he eradicate the plants or just the the people? The people. It's the people uh, that okay. are just the sentient beings. The people that are the problem. 
Okay. Yeah. I just I was just double checking. Yes. You know the quantum verse is going to have to play a whole role in all this. They they as do because as, I mean that's where Scott's at, right? Yeah. I mean he's yeah, trapped he down. Well, he we saw he there is a trailer. No, he did come back. We don't know how he come back. Right. right. Well, that's exactly. Yeah. You see him you see you saw him in the first trailer and you saw him in this trailer mm-hmm. again and so you know he's back. Almost uh, as a clone. Really? We're going we're going there again. <laughs> we're gonna the go there. It's yes. it's clones. Yeah, nice. clones. It's clones. And it was gonna be a clone war. No, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, where's Lucas when he aimed to direct something? All right. Um, uh, all right, let's move on. Three we have more clones. <laughs> My favorite scene from that second movie, uh, Attack of the Clones, is when we're in Dax's diner. And right. uh, he goes you know, he's talking to Obi-Wan. He's saying, it depends on what? It depends how big your manners are and how big your pocketbook is. I just love the guy. I just like the way he delivers the lines. Yes. That's all. <laughs> Anyways, um, we have another trailer we want to play for you, and it's going to lead into our interview tonight. But uh, we have a trailer drop for Dark Phoenix. This is, of course, the uh, standalone X-Men movie that we are kind of looking forward to, right? It is standalone, right? I think so. Yes, mm. I don't know. Uh, well, that they, they've been doing. Th- it ties th- in. This would have been like, I guess, the trilogy from. Yeah, we we, we had. One um, of Days the of Future. This would be the fourth film. Yeah, we, so we, we had First Class. So we it's had, a spinoff. So whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's an X Men movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here, this is a trailer. Why did you make me do that? Look at me. Focus on my voice. I'm not giving up on you, Jean. She was my friend. You're my family, Jean. Stop. No matter what. Stop. Stop. Stop! Look. You're special, Jean. And if you stop fighting that force inside you, embrace it. He will possess the very power of a god. She'll kill us all. this Charles tell me what to do I don't know what to do and what they don't understand what they fear and what they fear we seek to destroy this is your fault Charles I tried to protect her I'm scared when I lose control bad things happen to people I love the girl dies she's still Jean we can still help her. Sometimes you want to believe people are something that they are not. By the time you realize who they are, it's too late. I'm gonna like this one. I know there was one. When did it come out? 
the last time they had a Dark Phoenix movie. It was like the end. I think it was like the end of a trilogy. It was like 2005. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was oh, years, yeah. years ago. And I just remember being so disappointed because I love. Is that the one this- with the beast in it? Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Frasier. Yeah, I just, I remember like loving that story arc and then to see it just crash and burn. I was like, oh. so this this one actually looks like it's not going to do that. So I'm really excited to see it done right. Knock on wood. Yeah. Because disappoint me again. <laughs> Keep letting me down, Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's easy to harp on the original trilogy of the X-Men movies and, you know, what went wrong in that. But, you know, we got Wolverine coming out of that. Wolverine oh. was like he, uh, Hugh Jackman remains like the quintessential Wolverine. And, you um, who can follow up with that? Like, I know. Who? I know. You'll have to clone so, Hugh Jackman. So so watching like especially the first, and then you had like you know Patrick Stewart as Xavier, and then um, yeah, and you can't top that. And then Magneto as um, uh, was that Ian McKellen? Ian, Ian McKellen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at these, you're like, and then you then you have this younger crew, which is fine. And it's, it's, and it's not. not the same. And so I really, I I like these movies, but I've really struggled to get into these movies because of that. Well, That's why, I mean, like, even, even though, I, I mean, Logan, despite some of the hate that he got, I, you know, you still have, you know, Ian McKay, you still have Patrick Stewart. You, and Wolverine. you do have a clone of, um, of Wolverine in that movie, too. Right. I mean, and so, yeah, I mean... <laughs> My favorite of the X Men movies remains, and maybe I'll get some hate for this. I still like the movie Wolverine, okay. the very first one. I watched that, like, oh yes, what they did to Wolverine. You know, I, I think it. Was, I mean, movie wise, it told a great story. Critics don't care for because it, it didn't stick to the comic books as much. Yeah, you know, I don't know what to do there. I mean, I, I but I, I, I'm with you. I, I like the first Wolverine movie a lot. Oh yeah, I never saw the one where he goes to Japan. And I heard mixed reviews about it, but it you know, okay. it was, but it was Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you don't, you don't need to say any, mm-hmm. you don't need to say anything else. Uh, bad scripting, okay, yeah, but it's Hugh Jackman. Van Helsing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, Days of Future Past pretty much wiped out and rebooted. Well, wiped out the first three movies. And started over again. Right. It kind of rebooted them. Yeah. And what was the second one called? Days of Future Past? Yeah, that was the second one. Yeah. And I saw those too. Mm-hmm. And the third one was um, X-Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse right? Yeah. That's yeah. where it took place in the 80s. Oh, uh, maybe I saw that one too. I don't remember. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. See, they don't stick out. They don't stick out. They don't like the kind of blend together for me. But maybe that's just me. But but this this trailer, we're all talking about this trailer. I, I'm liking what I'm seeing in this trailer. I know. And yeah. um, and uh, it looks pretty good. And uh, James McAvoy, huge fan of James McAvoy as Xavier. I think mm-hmm. he does a great job. He's no Patrick Stewart, but you know, whatever. He and, comes close. Yeah. And and I like I like that it's well because you can tell that you know from the trailer, Xavier has done something to Jean. Basically, formulated her life on a lie by hiding something from her. And this great psychology right here, this is what happens when you base an existence on a lie. When you're not truthful with someone, when you're not upfront and honest, it can really mess with them. That's right. And so don't lie, people. It screws up your life. That's right. That's the lesson. You become dark Venus and destroy the world. That's right. That's right. But, But in a way, 
Actually, she was lied to. So, yeah. Well, li- when you lie to people, it can really mess things up. Yeah, and absolutely. when you lie and participate in the lie and perpetuate that lie. And when you lie to a telekinetic, that can destroy yeah. the world. Which, when when the movie actually comes out and I watch it, I will, like, totally geek out psych-wise. So. Right, right. So we'll have to do, like, a psychological review. When is this movie coming out, by the way? Uh, I got IMDb. Up. June 7th. Oh, June 7th it okay, is. Okay, I guess... So I it guess sounds, I know what my sister and I are doing. I guess it sounds mm-hmm. like we have a movie review coming down the pike about that. Yes, I will. So, Dark Phoenix. Sadly, watch it. And I'm watching Michael Fassbender um, playing Magneto and having um, his helmet being squeezed and crushed into his head by uh, by Jean Grey. Just like you know, and again, I, you know, so I dogged it. It's Naughty and McKellen and Patrick Stewart and you know. You know, Hugh Jackman. But the cast of these characters that they have playing these roles aren't bad. Oh, they, just, they just aren't they just aren't they just aren't these other people. And uh, and so again, I think the guy that plays Magneto, you know, guy that plays Xavier and you know, the other cast, they have some good casting roles in here. It's just, yeah, it, it's just really hard to step into yeah. those big shoes. Yeah. Th- those are really I mean, that's what we saw with Han Solo, like right. he how can you follow that up? Well, uh, the guy that played Lando did a fantastic job. Han Solo didn't quite channel it, but I still liked it. Again, I, okay. I still like Han Solo. Harrison Ford shoes, like they're you know a size. Oh, 19. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. The man, I know. the man is like a national treasure. Yeah, it is. And I uh, just heard he has like one indie film and he's doing yet, and he's done. So one more indie film from Harrison Ford. But, oh, perfect. But really, yeah, yeah. I just saw it come down through. I, I come down through the news. I think they're doing one more indie film, and then all right, he's done. Let's do it. Da, 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 Shia LaBeouf's not going to be in this da, one, is he? Da, da. No, they thought they'd get Mark, Mark Wahlberg for the role. Role this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better with that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Not true. All right, so. Uh, we obviously played this trailer because we tonight have an interview we're going to share with you that we did. We wow, did short, shortly, yeah. shortly uh, uh, a year ago almost, not so, quite. Yeah, uh, a year, uh, half a year ago. Tell us about uh, how we landed this interview, if we can remember back that far, and and how this all came about. So we got to talk to a, a real live X-Men, uh, Sean Ashmore. He played Ice, right. Iceman in four of the X-Men films. He was in the first three and then he was in days of future past so uh and he he and his brother were also in a really good episode of fringe that you had said earlier right and uh his brother was in warehouse 13 not right. him right they look exactly alike they, they, yeah it's like yeah exactly so uh yeah he was a, he was he was a guest at uh surely this past year and uh nice guy we had a, we had a great time talking with him and um about what what he's done and uh um yeah yeah, this was an interview on the floor, so you're going to get a little bit of con noise kind of floating around, which happens in uh, some of the interviews. And uh, you, you, last week's ep- or the last episode we dropped was actually the live show at Farpoint. And so whenever you do live shows, and I think there's some panels we're going to share down the pike, uh, these aren't necessarily the clearest episodes, but they give you a feel for what it's like to be at a panel and a con and hearing the geek discussion. This is coming. And uh, I especially love doing interviews from the floor because you get that flavor. Being I, I like the con ambiance. Yeah, the, and that's a good way of putting it, con ambiance. So, mm-hmm. so well, we're going to share this uh, interview that we did with um, Iceman himself. So uh, after this, we're going to come back and we'll wrap up the show. 
So, uh, when did you first know you were a... A mutant? Uh, but you cut that out. You have to understand, we thought Bobby was going to a school for the gifted. Bobby is gifted. We know that. We just didn't realize We still love you, Bobby. It's just this mutant problem is a little... What mutant problem? Complicated. What exactly are you professor of, Mr. Logan? Art. Well, you should see what Bobby can do. A lot more than that. Ronnie? This is all my fault. Actually, they discovered that males are the ones who carry the mutant gene and pass it on, so it's his fault. I need the police. There are people in our house. They won't let us leave. But it's believed that a manhunt for several fugitives from the facility is now underway. Ladies and gentlemen, we're hanging out with Sean Ashmore, who can be recently seen in the movie Acts of Violence with Bruce Willis and such TV shows as Conviction and Quantum Break. Sci-fi fans know and love him for playing Bobby Drake, Iceman, in four X-Men movies. Mr. Ashmore, welcome, and thank you for taking time to talk with us in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thanks for chatting with me. How you guys doing? Yeah, no, great. We're having a great con. You having a good con? Yeah, my first time here. Uh, I was actually supposed to be here a couple years ago, and I couldn't make it, so I'm yes. glad that I finally uh, finally made it out. Yeah, you were supposed to be here with your brother, I think. Right? Yeah, I think two or three years ago, we were both supposed to be here, uh, and we love doing stuff together. It's kind of a fun... Uh, <laughs> he lives in Toronto, and I live in L.A., so uh, it, we always love when we can do cons together, like, you know, hang out for the weekend, and um, <laughs> right. but we both... I think we both had jobs that came up, so we yeah, we couldn't make it. So I'm glad I'm, I'm here, finally. Well, it's good the jobs came up, though. Too. Absolutely, I mean, always. always. <laughs> from, from your point of view. Go ahead, Miles. Uh, you were in a really good episode of Fringe that I really liked, Amber, which also guest starred your brother, Aaron. What was it like working on Fringe and working with your brother in that show? It was great. Um, I was a fan of the show uh, before we did the episode, and it's that's kind of rare. You know, not... Right. not I mean, I've been lucky enough to also be a part of the X-Men stuff, and I, I read the comics beforehand, so that was very exciting. But um, as far as being on a TV show that you're a fan of, it's it's amazing. Um, I actually recently rewatched the show, and I was super excited when our episode came up. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> like in this season, we pop up. And, right. and I was really proud of how that episode turned out. And uh, working with Aaron is great. We, we try not to do it too often because, you know, we don't want to get into that sort of trap where – you know, we're we're only seen as the twins. Right, uh, we, we've called the twins. Right. Yeah, we've worked hard for uh, you know, in, uh, even since we were young, to sort of um, diverge and make sure that that we have individual careers, and then if the right opportunity comes along, we can work together and do something cool. Uh, so this was one of those opportunities. Like we love the show, and the role, uh, both roles were kind of interesting, and and most twin roles that we come across have that sort of parent trap switcheroo sort of element to it which yeah. is understandable that's right. kind of the gimmick like you right. know, twins get mistaken <laughs> for each other but this was handled very well and uh, and intelligently um, and both characters had something to offer you know sometimes it's like well one character is more interesting than the other and this was a uh, you know a, 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 an opportunity where both parts were interesting so we both wanted to jump in there and we had balance. a blast yeah a good balance yeah. there yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and, and one of you had to make the ultimate sacrifice too yeah, well, well, uh, my my character was actually the 
the uh, the sort of the bad twin in this, and ultimately <laughs> comes around and makes a sacrifice for his brother. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a nice uh, uh, a nice arc for that character. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting. We saw you both, you and your brother, who would later be in Smallville playing Jimmy Olsen. Is there any other shows where you and your brother find that you worked, but at different times? I think that's the only one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so to explain the situation, I. Um, on the first season of Smallville, played a character called Eric Summers, who, uh, as happens in Smallville, uh, you know, we, I get struck by lightning while Clark Kent is next to me trying to save my life, and I get his powers and become a bad guy. That's just what happens in Smallville. Right, right. <laughs> episode to episode. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. It was actually a very fun episode because I got to sort of be an evil Superman, have all his abilities, but, you know, not the moral compass that Clark has. So that oh, was yeah. kind of fun. Um and then years later, Aaron called me up and said, hey, I'm auditioning for uh, for an episode of Smallville, uh, not an episode, to play Jimmy Olsen in Smallville. And he's like, I, I think I'm just not going to do it because you've already been on the show. There's no way that they're going to hire me when my twin brother's already played a, a role. I said, yeah, man, you know, yeah, maybe you shouldn't audition. Maybe it's going to be a waste of time. Last minute, he decided to do it. And the rest is history. He booked the role. He was Jimmy Olsen for several seasons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's kind of a bizarre situation. I, we still can't really figure out why they ended up casting him since right. I'd already been on the show. But it was a great run for him and he had a fun time. Um, but that's the only show that I can think of that we've both been on like mm-hmm. that. He went off and uh, you know did Warehouse 13 and he's currently doing Killjoys. And I, I did a show called The Following and uh, a show called Conviction. So we kind of branched off from there. But we're always looking for cool opportunities to to, to work together. Mm-hmm. You know, Do, do people... Uh, obviously, do people confuse you then? Like, like at a convention, like oh, they come up constantly. And say, hey, so, how's Warehouse Thirteen? Oh, constantly. <laughs> we have to, and uh, like at the beginning, it was I was always sort of like I felt bad trying to being like, okay, I know that you brought all your warehouse stuff and you've been standing in line, but like I'm not Aaron. Yeah. But now I just have to tell people. You know, some people are like, oh, why don't you just sign it? And I was like, well, because they're they're paying for an autograph, and I don't want to misrepresent and like sign right, all their right, stuff and right. then find out like, wait a minute, Aaron wasn't at the show. <laughs> yeah. So it happens all the time, and. um People seem to be embarrassed by it, or you know what I mean, like that. That maybe they think that we'd be offended that they can't tell the difference, but we—it's like a normal part of our lives. Well, we've, yeah. been, we've been experiencing it since we were kids, so right. it's sort of like a part—it's par for the course, basically. So we just go with it, and you just gotta uh, be cool about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we yeah. are totally cool yeah, about yeah. it. It's—it's it's people that that sort of get flustered or embarrassed, right. and I'm just right. like, don't worry about it. This, hap- this has happened our whole life, so don't worry about it. <laughs> go ahead. We finally got live-action X-Men movies starting in 2000. Can you tell us how you got the role of Bobby Drake, Iceman? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Toronto. I got a call one day from my agents saying they're making an X-Men movie. Uh, it's the director that did The Usual Suspects, which was a fan. I was a fan of, of that film, and I knew uh, I knew his work. And um, so I went in and auditioned for, like, I don't even think, I don't remember the full details, but it wasn't, like, a, even a full scene. You know what I mean? It wasn't, there's no character names. It was just a guy and a girl. You know, which ended up being Rogue and Bobby. Obviously, that was the scene. Right. But I had no idea what the character I was auditioning for was or what who I was reading with. You know, it was just this random scene. And I went in about three or four times. And uh, I kept, you know, getting to the next level, getting to the next level. And then eventually I, I auditioned for the producers and the director and booked the role. But I was hired as like a local, you know, in Toronto. I was there for a couple weeks, you know, just came in, shot a couple scenes and was done. So... When the movie came out, I knew that it was a cool role and that that people seemed to be reacting to it. But I had no expectation that I would come back and play the role three more times and and in a more significant um, fashion. So it was just kind of one of those jobs that came along and it really did change my life and and give me a huge... 
it, it, it expanded the audience that was that was seeing you. You know what I mean? Right. It's all of a sudden like you're Absolutely, in, you're yeah. in a, not only a superhero franchise, but like you said at the time in 2000, there we weren't really doing that. We weren't seeing that. There was Tim Burton's Batman films and maybe a few other. I think maybe Blade had come out by then, or maybe Blade came out just after that. But really, superhero genre was not what it is today. Um, right. So it it there was this whole wealth of fans that were. Uh, super interested in seeing a live action, you know, comic book film, especially one that, that took it seriously, you know, right. that, that it wasn't super fantastical. It was a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people were really hungry for that at the time. So it really, you know, changed my life, changed my career, which is really cool. Iceman, very physical role. Yeah. Are you doing your own work on stunts or are uh, you uh, handing that off to a stuntman? Um, I, I did uh, a lot of, a lot of the, uh, uh, stunt work myself uh, in the in the third uh, sorry second third and fourth film, but um, we the first film really wasn't there wasn't any physicality. So as we progressed, I started to get more um, more more uh, physical. But basically, it, it started out where I was just kind of making a nice rose at the table, and then as we built up, I, I got to do more and more stunts, which is very cool. Yeah. Okay. I think he's okay. They're getting chairs. Okay, okay. So do you want to ask the next question? Yeah. We're almost we're almost done here yeah, anyway. No so. Sorry about that. No, it's all good. <laughs> yep. Uh, another bumbling answer there. No, 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 that's all right. I was like, um, uh, awkward. Edit it out. Another thing X Men utilized a lot of was green screen. As an actor, do you like working with green screen? Pros and cons. Yeah. With green well, screen? I mean, honestly, it's never ideal to work with green screen because obviously you're missing a lot of the elements as an actor that you can you you can use. You know what I mean? The environment that you're right. in, the lighting, all those things. Um, so it's not ideal, but. Ultimately, for me, now, um, having done it a bunch, I know what the final result is going to be, and it's going to look incredible. So it's, it's worth sort of like really pushing through and trying to figure out what, what it's going to be on the day in the green screen room to then know that when you sit and watch it in the theater, it's going to look incredible. So, and it's not that challenging. It's mm-hmm. make-believe, right? It's yeah. just, you're, you know, that's what we do every day. I mean, I'm wearing a leather suit and pretending I'm shooting ice out of my hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's <laughs> make-believe anyway. Right. <laughs> uh, so it's just sort of like the next level of, of, uh, of using your imagination. And sometimes it can be uh, really freeing and kind of fun. Sometimes it can be really challenging depending on what the circumstance is. But, but ultimately, it's, it's just an extension of what we sort of do every day anyway. I would think as an actor, you got to portray you believe it and then we got to believe it yeah too. and that's just it and honestly um when we shot um x2 you know i, I was asked to sort of like you know okay now you're gonna like strike a pose and like shoot ice out of your hands and i was kind of like i felt kind of silly because you don't know what it's gonna look like and um you know brian the director said don't worry you're gonna look cool you gotta trust me and and I believed him, and so then I could believe it when we were doing it, and then ultimately the audience, you know, that's translated to the audience. And you have to take it seriously. You yeah. just have to take it seriously, otherwise no one else is going to believe it. So yeah. when you believe, they believe. Yeah. Last question for you. So what's new on the horizon for you? Uh, what can we look forward to seeing in the future? Anything we could be plugging? Um, I'm actually about to start a film uh, called Anderson Falls uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a dark thriller. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because we haven't even started yet, but uh, <laughs> right. that's that's the next thing. And honestly, I, I had my my first baby last year, so I took basically took the year off to hang out and be around. And uh, congratulations, and be a dad. Awesome. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's about to turn one. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, and I had a bunch of films out last year. I did, I did a film called Devil's Gate that came out. Uh, I did a film called Acts of Violence that you talked about. It was a Bruce Willis film. And another uh, another movie that I'm really proud of called Hollow in the Land, which is uh, like an indie crime thriller. Um, 
uh, that we made up in Canada. A writer-director named Scooter Corkle is super talented, and uh, Diana Agron was a star. And uh, it's I'm really proud of that movie. It turned out really, really well. So those are out right now. And, uh, you know, a new one coming out hopefully next year. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you for sitting down and chatting with us. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, we are back. Hope you enjoyed that interview and our discussion. I thought we had a great discussion about Marvel and about Dark Phoenix. Right. Um, folks, sorry I didn't have as much nice things to say, but you know, don't see the movie yourself and make up your own mind. That's right, right, right. If I, you didn't I like will this episode, let you know what I think of it. Yeah, if you didn't like this episode, you can blame Miles, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Miles is about ready to throw I, the mic at I me. Thought, I thought everything was Scott's fault. It is. I it have is. to be established. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. You can't trick me. I'm on, he, he tries I'm on to deflect. you. Oh, I'm trying to like, what are they, there has to be a psychological term where you like defer it onto someone else. So mm-hmm. like, Projection? Projection. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly that, that one. Well, but we're really glad you guys joined us and um, we look forward to it. In two weeks, we're going to be talking the uh, Star Trek, the first J.J. Abrams movie. And Dave is so hyped for this. And we're going to be talking in about two weeks about that. So happy fun times. It'll be happy, happy, fun, 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 joy, joy, joy times. So, oh yeah. All right. So uh, I think that's about it. Are we ready to wrap up the show? Sure. Well, till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see you. Leave your tips on the table. You go boldly. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. Send your comments and feedback to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner.